2: All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Breaking CPK, joined by BSJ, as always, and we got a fun show ahead for you guys. Obviously, a lot of Dota 2 currently taking place right now, and that's what we're going to do here on this episode, uh, talk about the major qualifiers, into the minor qualifiers that, of course, is happening. So we are uh, doing this uh, live recording on a little bit different day and time, so uh, some things came up for myself, take blame for it, but uh, had to reschedule, but to be honest, Honestly, it gave us a little more talking points uh, in terms of results and stuff that, that that took place earlier on in this week. So maybe not the worst things ever. But BSJ, how you doing, man?
3: Confirming I'm not muted.
2: Yes, we're good. Cool,
3: cool. First try. Um, as always, I always do that correctly. Um, I'm doing good, <laughs> man. I, I had a nice weekend off and hadn't had the chance to watch too much of the Dodo. Just spent a little bit of time kind of catching up uh on the offline meta for myself to kind of understand you know what are people trying to do with these heroes i'm seeing a lot of slardars and all that kind of stuff so i was kind of trying to understand uh you know what i missed it's amazing how in dota uh if you miss two or three days sometimes you're like wait when did this hero become popular and and all that kind of stuff so uh for someone like myself i always feel need to stay extremely current So it's kind of funny how quickly you fall behind, but uh, I'm doing good. No, that was a long answer. Ready to (laughs) talk about all the stuff that's been going on.
2: It's the ever-evolving game, man. I mean, that's that's one of the many reasons that we like this, uh, that we love this game really in Dota, isn't it? That it's just constantly shifting. And so, to your point there, yet, yet another case here. As far as these major qualifiers taking place, there's been patches in between, of course, the recent major uh, to finish up. And it, now these qualifiers, and we certainly are uh, seeing a bit of that. And yeah, Slaughter was actually one of those heroes, as you mentioned, that... Uh, i i want to say i don't know i mean personally i feel like this hero has been pretty uh, solid for a while and i've been a fan of it the the mobility of him that he brings to the table and that heavy burst damage if he, you know timing of course the stuns as far as the auto attacks go but that on top of now seeing snap and void spirit uh it really has been something here so uh, i mean well yeah go ahead
3: oh i was just gonna say that uh I think that the offline meta has kind of shifted where it's really hard to win your lane against a lot of the carries people are picking. You're often picking your offlaner before you pick the carry. So we've been kind of seeing a shift to offlaners that kind of are expected to lose their lane, uh, and then they just have really big impact on the game. Slardar, we've seen some Clockwork. I've seen some more Darkseer, uh, Pangoliers. Uh, these types of heroes that last patch we really didn't see at all. Last patch we kind of saw these like lane dominator timbersaw uh doom type heroes mm-hmm. uh really the only exception to this is enchantress and she's so highly sought after that uh she's getting first rounded and then countered so hard that she's being moved to a support position so um if you want to gain some MMR in pubs right now just learn how to play enchantress off lane that shit is easy mmr i will say that right now
2: there you go if you know what you're doing uh with that said, guys, before we get too much into this, I can't want to reiterate, obviously, thank you for tuning in. If you happen to be tuning in to the live show, even if you're watching this on the VOD or the After the Fact, uh, be sure to go to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash prediction esports. Hit that follow button. Even subscriptions are welcome. It does help support us here. Uh, the umbrella of podcasts, us being, of course, uh, the Wombo Combo Dota 2 podcast, but many esport podcasts here to uh, to enjoy. So definitely appreciate the support that you can give. All right. Continuing on further, though, as far as our content. Goes goals for today. Again, the big part of this going over the majors, uh, there is some roster stuff to talk about as well. And even throughout the uh, discussion here, as far as how the results have been looking so far, but without further ado, I think it's uh, ready ready to, to get right into it. And let's just say, The European region is uh, the focus, for good reason, when it comes to these qualifiers, especially with the announcement of NIP going back to Europe, going into it, and now with their roster change, OGs, both OGs qualifying via the open qualifiers, by the way, uh, OG seed and, of course, OG themselves, and obviously this is the debut of OGs roster as well. There's potentially six, even seven of these teams that you could look at going into this and Anyone could have gotten these three spots, right? Uh, And that's actually part of the discussion I wanted to start with, where three spots for the major, only one spot for the minor. Now, of course, this is consistent with how they've been doing the format all season, so we shouldn't be surprised in that sense, where if you get three spots for the major, you only get one for the minor. If you get two for the major, then you get two for the minor. But... There is some debate being brought up more so than I think previously that Europe deserves at the very least two minor spots instead of the one uh, that has been given to them. So starting with that, I mean, I'll let you, BSJ, give your take on how you feel on this.
3: I think this gets talked about a lot and I'm just going to be short and sweet. I think NA is a trash region for the most part. Like, I think if you look at the fifth best team in NA, it's like, who's that? What are they like? (laughs) again, Yeah, and you put them against the top four and it's like a joke. Like the, the, yeah. the difference between fourth and fifth is in is insane. And then, and then in the European region, you have a team like Aggressive Mode and NIP who just like move back and suddenly you have Liquid and Alliance not in the major qualifier, right? Like they're not even having a chance to qualify for the major and there's only one slot left in the minor. Like Liquid Alliance or Enigma is just not gonna go to anything. Like that's obviously Enigma looking less than impressive, but uh, I, I just think NA is a joke so uh, you know I'm surprised <laughs> it keeps happening that's the TLDR of my opinion on this
2: So you would take the spot away from NA and give it to Europe you you wouldn't mind that happening it sounds like Yes I I think NA does not deserve four slots at all That's fair Um my take on this is Kind of similar to yours, we understand that, yeah, when it comes to any as a region, maybe not as strong, and I I could see that. And if that was to happen, if the adaptation was to happen as the season moves on, if Valve is willing to make these kind of changes as it progresses, I'm fine with that. I will kind of play a little bit of devil's advocate, though, on the other side, because there's a lot of people that are advocating for it, and I get why. And again, I wouldn't be the most surprised if they ended up doing it. Let's be careful in terms of going overboard here when it comes to saying, oh, well, in theory, all these teams are so much better than these other teams, so they deserve this many more spots. I mean, there's a reason why we got rid of the invite system in past, in the past, especially before the DPC. And if you really kind of think back, there was a lot of flaws when it came to that with this whole inviting these teams that are, quote, unquote, just better than others because of their rosters or players that happen to that we just know that much better than others. And yes, in most cases, that is a, that's a fair way to evaluate uh, the teams that we're looking at and whether or not they're deserving. And ultimately the results can speak for that. But we've also, every season we have both teams and especially players that, come out of nowhere it feels like and represent themselves and make a point that, wait a second, you know, we, we deserve a shot ourselves. So this idea that just way over the top of like, Oh, you know, give Europe, you know, another spot, even two more spots. I mean, you even said it yourself, Enigma in this, in these very qualifiers, they frankly didn't look too good. Uh, we had a team like aggressive mode, for example, kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere. It's a solid roster, but you know, this is a team that uh, you would not expect defeating teams like Nigma and so on to uh, ultimately do what they're doing. So, again, I just go back to be careful on going a little too extreme in terms of this specific region is so deserving compared to others. I want to at least leave a little bit of room to have this chance for the lesser teams and the players uh, to continue to prove themselves.
3: I mean, I'm just purely based off results, you know, and what was it, last major, like four of the top six or something, or EU, maybe three or whatever, like three of the top six are EU. I just, to me, that's like good enough to prove to me, you know. If, if say, we give four slots to the major or three slots to the major and two to the minor for EU, and EU just doesn't place well at the next major, that's fine. Like, I don't think invite systems are good, as you said, but I do think handing out invites based on previous results is a thing. Like I almost think N.A. could have been warranted to be given another extra slot to the or like it makes sense that N.A. got three slots to the second major because in the first major of the year, two N.A. teams placed top six. Like I think that's good enough to prove that maybe N.A. deserves a third slot for a major. And it's like if that happens, right, we get tops. We have two teams in top six. And then after that, we have one team in the top two and then every other team gets like last place, mm-hmm. then suddenly maybe we don't deserve those slots. You know, I'm just saying that I think this could be a much more dynamic system. I don't think it needs to be, um, what do you call it? Just kind of set in stone that every region gets four slots. It's just whether or not they get three to the major or two to the major, yeah. you know, um, that's, that's my issue. I think we can look at how good these teams are doing and you could just look at the NA qualifiers; like it's a joke. It really is. Like the top, you have the top four teams, who are respectable teams, and then all the others are teams that have been together for less than a week. You mm-hmm. know, like they're just stacks that are thrown together, and it's just sad. But that's what the NA region is, and uh, I we can't ignore that. Is all I'm saying. So that's. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely argument both sides, and I get that. And, like, I'm the last one that wants, like, the worst for NA region. But if we can't prove ourselves to be more than four teams, then we don't deserve to be treated like we are. And if we only have four teams, why should we have four slots? Like, you're just saying a decent team in NA is going to go to a major or minor every single time. While in a region like EU, you have to prove yourself, which isn't that what qualifiers are, Is is, is proving yourself, right? So... Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, that's, I, the- I was going to say, I, I going to to the qualifier aspect. I, I definitely agree there that if it is going to be this format of only having the three European and that one for minor, ideally the qualifier, there should be a more extensive, uh, qualifying format, uh, in terms of not this GSL, I guess oh, it's GSM. not GSL, excuse me. It's not, it's not, but yeah, the first stage and then essentially three of the five teams are eliminated, after this first stage of the event, that that, that feels like it happens too quick uh, for being so much on the line and vi- thi- 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 this competitive, especially as it is in the European region. So I thought it should
3: be six teams where like the top two in each group or top one in each group get a buy and sure. then the second, third play each other. So I agree with you, like in the regions like EU, where three teams qualify, only four teams advance from the group stage. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? I was kind of like, uh, that's so confusing. You you make it past the group stage, and you win a single best of three, and you're qualified? Like, that's really strange to me, you know? Uh, I'm not taking away, obviously, the teams that qualify are very good, you know? I, I just think that if you get third in your group in EU, and you're just out of the running, that's pretty brutal, you know? That could be a single best of one, or like, you dropped one game in a best of two that you maybe shouldn't have dropped. And I don't think yeah. qualifiers should be that unforgiving.
2: So kinda of going a little bit further into that even I, I think one of the main reasons they do this format is because of, you know, scheduling purposes and wanted to get the teams as soon as possible, right? But I feel like this it's kind of left over from the previous seasons where especially we had more I guess uh, maybe it wasn't more tournaments last season, but it, it felt like maybe it was more compact. At least the very first season is definitely was more. But I, I feel like it's it's a, it's a leftover fact and that hasn't really been looked over enough to be like, wait a second, we have a little bit more time. Why not dry uh, draw out, excuse me, these qualifiers, especially since the miners now part of the major qualifiers uh, with how they compacted it this season. So why not draw it out further, take a little bit more time, create more of a storyline when it comes to the online aspect that then goes into the major. Because, you know, let's be honest, when, when it comes to the major events themselves, even the minors, of course, we almost forget like how these teams qualified. And yes, they may have some cool little video that tells us, oh, yeah, this is like, they- oh, that's right. They, they had to be that team. But what what's the idea of actually having that storyline created that then leads in up into the event. And I know there's logistics. I'm not saying they should qualify play qualifiers until like the week before, but at least a little bit closer. And it seems like that they could definitely take advantage of that uh, when it comes to using more of a window to appreciate these qualifiers and allow the teams to truly earn said spots in the end.
3: I so. agree. I mean, I think next year they've kind of hinted with this whole league system
2: mm-hmm.
3: that they plan on having a more extensive period between the majors where it's not just do or die over the course of three days uh, to whether or not you go to a big tournament. But, you know, just because you're changing the system next year, does that really mean you have to wait until then to do anything? Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of my issue, as I as you've already kind of pointed out They're just kind of this is the system they have. They they're, they're, There's definitely I – mean, I can understand there's things that you don't see coming, right? But I, why can't you just adjust it? Slightly every major or whatever, you know, you you obviously learn your lesson pretty quick when you're like, oh, you know, first round of majors felt like, you know, this team didn't qualify for the major because they got third in their group by one game to a team. And it's like, is that really a good way to determine who deserves to go? I don't Mm -hmm. think so. You know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, either way, uh, I, I just look forward to next year when they change the system. I just think it's sad they have to wait that long.
2: I mean, they don't, but yeah, to your point, it's... I that they're choosing to wait They're on. choosing to, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's They they did make that adaptation from the first and the second cycle, as you mentioned, especially with NA. So who's to say they, they won't see this reaction, especially, and be like, okay, maybe we did overlook at it. Cycle four, let's go ahead and make the change. I mean, I'm still under the impression that we may see some changes this season, but yeah, it, it sounds like that. I mean, I, at least I almost convinced myself, <laughs> I guess that I, I think ultimately we really would. I would love to see even a format change that extends a period rather than simply giving another spot to a region or whatever. I, I really would. I really hope for that, especially next season that, uh, that is thought of and comes about. I don't see us go. Actually. I believe they, they, they kind of do that. I believe they, they do have like that three major system a year themselves. And, they really have these on the online qualifiers and even i think some of them are even land portion qualifiers to the actual major events um maybe we could see something like that but anyways that's uh that's that's another topic and we'll see if that eventually uh comes out there ever see an untucked button down they look bad why because they weren't meant to be worn that way Thankfully there's Untuckit, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuckit shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With Untuckit, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, so that leads us now into... We got. We are starting to get results. In fact, so as we're recording this podcast here, it is uh, Tuesday night, and currently the North American and the SA regions are playing. We'll we'll get into that actually shortly. But of sticking with the European region. Wanted to continue to go over that. We've already kind of touched on it a little bit. Nigma, one of the more surprises in terms of a negative aspect. Uh, they went 1-1-2 one, one, and two in their groups. They ended up uh, getting knocked or finished in third. So that means no major for them. They'll have to compete in the minor qualifiers coming up. Um, but, yeah, even further to your point, NIP and Liquid, they actually tied for second place in their group. They played at best of one at the beginning of today, and NIP ended up winning that. So suddenly NIP still has that major spot of contention and liquids now go into the minor qualifiers themselves. But as of this podcast show, we currently have both team secret and OG going to the major. It'll be NIP versus aggressive mode, aggressive mode, a team of Skitter, Bornesia, Skylark, Lil, and Spartan. Um, those two teams will be playing for the final European spot. But again, no surprises here in secret. OG, I'm a little surprised – it's not the craziest thing ever, but a little surprised with how well they played especially, considering it's a very new roster together and how tough Europe is. But those are the two teams.
3: I don't know, man. That team – I would be shocked under the captaining of No-Tail if players of that caliber aren't able to pull together. And I I, I did say last week that what I liked about this roster specifically is the player – personalities and play style just work together. Like Sumail hyper-aggressive player, mid one pretty crazy player himself. And we, that's like exactly what they needed on, on OG, right? Like that's, that's what Thompson and no Tail are all about on that roster. So, um, I think that's why it's working, even if they haven't played together for very long, uh, obviously just very good players that all work together very nicely. um, I, the funny comment I have to say is uh, the SA qualifiers, I don't know the exact update, but they were doing like a three-way tie that were all best of ones, and they kept around robbing it where two teams were beating each other. All three teams were beating each other. Yep. So now they're in this, like, they were on the third game as we started this podcast, and I don't know exactly where they're at with this, but they've been playing a, quali- they've been playing a tiebreaker almost all day today. <laughs> so um, the best of one tiebreakers is kind of funny to me. You know, it kind of goes along with I laugh at it, but I think it's a pretty bad way of tie-breaking a best-of-one. Like, you're telling me that Liquid and NIP, the chance to go to the major is decided by a best-of-one? You know, I think that's just kind of just flawed. You know, that's really mm-hmm. all I got about that one. Um, and right at this moment, uh, we're watching – I just have it on in the background. Business Associates versus – XJ Storm uh, versus sure. uh, Chaos. So – uh, a lot to be decided in the next day or two. As you said, we've already seen a decent amount of results coming out today. Um, going into our next point, you have it where uh, TNC didn't qualify for the major. And uh, they even had to play a best-of-one tiebreaker to have a chance well, at
2: the minor. They they still uh have that. Or they have to play. <laughs> they they, they wow. we don't even Oh no, I apologize. No they did. I'm sorry. Yeah, with the Southeast oh, Asian okay. time it's they did it. confusing. Yes, they beat Reality Rift as you mentioned on that tiebreaker there. So, yeah, if they didn't win that best of one, they actually wouldn't even uh be <laughs> be going to the mi- like the minor qualifiers and that's just wow, right? Like that's just crazy. Or there's potential at least. So, um but yeah, okay. So, so South Southeast Asia, obviously uh, interesting in itself, and the highlight there certainly TNC not qualifying. I don't want to say I told you so, but it kind of goes back to this point. It's again, this team is very very skilled team, but it seems like as that uh, keeping it up throughout the season, uh, it, it was uh, it was going to be a, a bit of an issue, and here they are now barely qualifying for last major, and now not even qualifying uh, qualifying for this one. Hey, we'll still see them at TI. I, I feel like in the end, especially of course, uh, what that would happen at the first. I guess they've already kind of guaranteed that, anyways. But you get that point. But not tracking it too much now. Hopefully they qualify for the minor, of course, um, or else that's going to be something. And again, Southeast Asia, though they, they only got that uh, that one minor spot in the end, so it's definitely no guarantee there um, when it comes to them qualifying. But the uh, the other team. So stick with Southeast Asia, you got Fnatic and Geek Fam. The other two teams. And then you have Adroit versus IO Dota 2 will be the uh, other two teams that'll be uh, playing for the spot. But yeah, the other storyline for Southeast Asia is unfortunate in the sense that yet another case of internet issues. Uh, last cycle for those major qualifiers, in fact, against TNC, we had, I think it was Cigna Ultra, if I'm not mistaken. They had internet issues in a game three against TNC to go to the major. Ultimately, now again tnc was ahead at that point but still they ultimately had to forfeit it in the the end because the internet issues just came to a point where they couldn't connect it back into the game uh here we are in this new cycle and android actually had internet issues against Fnatic in their um in their opening playoff series and ultimately had to forfeit at least the first game of that series they did end up playing the second game they had to go to a land cafe it was really delayed They lost in 17 minutes in game two. So, (laughs) Fnatic won that series two games to nothing. Not really much else to say about that other than Southeast Asia especially seems to have these issues, unfortunately. And, you know, what are you going to do, though, right? It's just, it's part of the game, and you hate to see it, but I guess life moves on there.
3: Yeah, (sighs) At least there's another chance. Like you said, you hate to see it. I don't know what else to say about that. I've had twice in my career that internet issues hurt the team I was on in a qualifier. And it's just... How much work goes into these teams, you know, making it to where they do and just having something out of your control be the reason why you lose. I just harp on that as being so demoralizing in a game that's already frustrating enough. And it's just sad to see... I don't know the fix myself in the SCA region, you know, why a team like a droid has to play from a land cafe is beyond me. You know, why do they not have the resources to have five PCs and a shitty apartment? You know, I don't know, actually. Like, I, I'm i not trying to be rude. Maybe I'm just ignorant about it. I, I think that overall living in SEA, at least in certain countries, is very cheap, so can't we just invest like if you're going to have a team, you know why? Why are you going so half-ass on it? Like why is your team training at a at a land cafe? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I would just hate to think to myself that I'm doing all that that I can to qualify and I lose uh, for something I can't to do anything about.
2: Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying, and it's one of those things. That, yeah, from my experience, I've had the chance to travel to several Southeast Asian countries, Thailand especially, back in my hon days, uh, many of times, and I know at least in that area, you know, very prevalent when it comes to these land cafes and um, and the players playing from them. But yeah, when when it comes to stable internet, it, it seems like that's that is an issue for whatever reason. So I, it's. It is one of those on paper, it seems like, come on, you know, just spend maybe a little bit more resources to make sure that's not the case. But it's it's easy for us to say that, you know, when you're not just there kind of situation. Yeah, whole yeah. forehead. Apparently,
3: yeah. the Internet pro- providers are are pretty trash. There is what somebody in chat is yeah. saying. Um, and there's a chance that they might have even had a boot camp and just not even been able to use the Internet at their boot camp. So that's just a travesty. I don't have anything else to say about that. You know, (laughs) that's just, you know, now what, you know, you're living in a region that can't even provide you with good enough internet to, to do your job. I mean, as a, as a streamer and somebody who's been relying on the internet to do my job for five years, whenever I have internet problems, it's probably the most frustrating thing in the actual entire work field of of this job Mm -hmm. is to is to just be like, hey, I'm going to go stream or I'm going to go make money, and then you just can't do it because your internet It's like, oh. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I can sympathize on that regard, but uh, I, I always imagine there's a solution somewhere, but if teams are having that much issue, I think it probably speaks more to the region and something fundamentally being wrong with the system rather than the teams themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been there myself. Uh, streaming and casting to uh, twenty thousand plus viewers, all of a sudden the internet goes down. And you're like, well. I hate my life right now. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> it's not not fun times there. It's a, Yeah, you can only imagine, like you said, especially with what they're going through with the major spot on the line. You know, the the silver lining, as, as mentioned, they still have another chance. I.O. Dota 2 going to be their opponent in about five hours from now as we're actually doing this live podcast here um, is where they're going to play them. I.O. Dota 2, by the way, it's that newer roster of Miracle, the Southeast Asian Miracle. I try to say it like that. Uh, Ben-Hur, Bimbo, Ohio, and Mushi. Is their roster so? Actually, very, very, very solid roster there. I uh, Could certainly see that one going, uh, going either way for that major spot. But yeah, goes back to TNC not qualifying for the majors. Certainly, the big storyline out of uh, out of Southeast Asia. Uh, the next topic, yeah, yeah, you, you already kind of touched on it a little bit, anyways. But South America, yeah, as we're speaking literally in their third cycle of a best-of-one tiebreaker because of that three-way tie uh, that happened between Furia, Beast Coast, and Infamous. And, I mean, that's kind of, that's, uh, it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, the fact that it's still going on is it's kind of funny slash not at the same time, but the storyline here is that Beast Coast potentially could not qualify for the major, getting into the major playoff qualifiers. And this yeah. is, you think South South American Dota, you think Beast Coast, right? Like is what the run they had last season and what they've already done this season to an extent. So that would certainly be something uh, if they fall short, but both infamous and Furia clearly giving them a run for their money. And uh, again, even the two teams that qualify out of these tiebreakers then have to play Against the two other teams in pain gaming and Thunder Predator to then try to claim one of those uh, two spots for South America, but yeah, this goes back to the format we've already kind of harped on that though, but go ahead. I'm gonna
3: give you a little bit of insider information maybe I'm not supposed I don't I think I'm, I don't think this is confidential, maybe it is um that I've been alerted that Beast Coast does not scrim, so <laughs> okay. like they literally do not scrim. Uh, So my guess would be that this patch is actually pretty different than 7.23. A lot changed just by, like, change to neutral items, change to the map, um, slight buffs and nerfs to heroes. So the hero meta is very different, (laughs) Uh, let me tell you. Like, I I spent a large majority of the last, like, three weeks spamming Enchantress, spamming Mars. I've been even spamming Clockwork, you know, playing Slardar. Like, I'm trying to expand my offlane hero pool, and I just have to guess that... The fact that they don't scrim is probably making it so this new meta is is like a big problem for them. I think that the other teams probably just have a better sense of what's good right now. I personally have not watched Beast Coast games, but to have a team that that's dominant for a region, even be struggling to get out of the groups is, you know, uh, indicative of something drastic, right? So uh, I, that would be my theorycraft Uh it looks like somebody's saying Beast Coast did now win, so no more of this tiebreaker. I
2: was just looking at that myself, just to kind of confirm. And yeah, the so Beast Coast did win their first two of this next stage of the of the tiebreakers. So yeah, Beast Coast at least again this they haven't qualified for the major. They've now qualified for the chance to play for the yeah. major. Um, so good for them at least get in that spot. And it will be Furia versus Infamous for then that final uh, playoff spot right there. So finally, after three rounds of best-of-one tiebreakers, it will be coming to an end with that there. That's... I mean, even then,
3: like, even though they qualified, everything I said still applies. The sure. fact that they struggled to get that is is pretty pretty telling itself. Uh, the series going on right now, the Business Associates versus Chaos, I think is a quite a good series. The first one, the first game was quite the 3-2-2 back and forth. I think it added up to, like, twelve eighty eight at some point. And uh, this last game, Business Associates had a pretty massive advantage, and now it's coming down to the wire uh so definitely if you miss this series probably worth checking it out i'm not going to spoil either way so uh obviously it goes game three but you know that's about the only spoil you're going to get at
2: all right. All right. Fair enough. Um, EG on the other side, I'll spoil that one. They did 2 nothing, Fighting Pandas, so uh, they're in the upper bracket finals there. But again, this being only two teams qualifying for the major, it's a little bit different than some of these other regions. Um, and I'm actually looking at the schedule, too. I'm a little surprised. They only play the the two best of threes today. And then uh, tomorrow is when we'll actually get to find out, again, as we're doing this podcast, which of the, the both of the teams that will qualify out of NA. So it goes down to the final day there. Uh, before we get that information but uh I obviously have predictions uh there and uh, we'll actually go over those uh here in a second um as we'll move on uh, to the next topic eventually but uh i guess that leaves us with what oh i yeah, see C- cis we haven't mentioned yet um in cis uh, one of the more interesting results to me gambit actually not getting out of the groups they end up getting knocked out in the group so they're gonna have to play in the minor qualifiers but uh, currently, it's Hellraisers and Navi playing in the upper bracket finals for the playoffs. And then you got Virtus Pro and Cyber Legacy going to be in the lower region there. Of course, uh, CIS, Dota, in these, between the cycles, this last one, there's a bit of roster changing that took place from teams. Um, so, uh, CIS to me continues to be the. Who the hell knows what's going to happen, especially this season with no longer having that one dominant team (laughs) that we've seen in years past? So, yeah, Gambit also lost GPK
3: due to all that shenanigans going on Mm -hmm. with VP and contract issues. So, GPK was really what a lot of people are saying was their X factor. So, to have GPK be out of the picture is a pretty significant loss for a team like Gambit. Uh, So, even though it's kind of like what, you know, what's happening, you know, all this kind of stuff. It is almost predictable that Gambit would struggle if to get make it to the major.
2: <clears throat> I'm noticing Team Spirit actually not uh, not qualifying even for the minor themselves. So uh, Team Spirit, uh, another one of these teams that may be a little surprising, but no minor or major for them when it comes to uh, when it comes to this cycle. But again, a very chaotic region and one where it seems like anything can happen from uh, cycle to cycle. So keeping an eye on that, see who qualifies for the major, then eventually the minor there. Uh, That leaves us with China. Now, we haven't brought this up until now because, in case you haven't heard, uh, matches have been postponed. Of course, there's that whole uh, coronavirus going around in case you haven't, living under a rock. Um, No, but especially in China, it's uh, very prevalent over there. So the idea that the matches were postponed, not the most surprising. Uh, From my understanding, though... As of right now, they're going to try to get the matches played uh, starting in the next couple of days here. So I I know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of rumors out there as far as what's going to happen. I mean, we don't know. Right. Like there's this is one of those things, you know, that happens in the world where you kind of just. Let it run its course, and we'll, we'll see where it goes from here. There, there could be some radical things that take place in terms of no Chinese team for the major. You would hope it doesn't come to that, but uh, you know certainly any possibility is there. But from, from what I understand, they are going to look to get these qualifiers played, and uh, that'll be uh, coming up in a couple of days. There is still one storyline, though, in that Vichy Gaming is not, uh, not playing. They have chosen to sit out this cycle like other teams had, of course, at the beginning of the season. Uh, Vichy's like, we did pretty well the first two majors. Let's take a rest. We're, we're probably in a good spot already to qualify for TI10 at this point anyways. I guess you can't blame them.
3: Yep. I will heart, I will say time and time again, Dota's an incredibly difficult game and exhausting game to constantly be on top of. And uh, I give credit to where it's due that these teams that – have a good, like you said, they already pretty much qualified to T.I. Like, why not? You know, it's a good time of the year to take a break. You you know, you, you, uh, you still come back focused for the end of the season and obviously for T.I. So now's a good time. You already secured your spot pretty much. Why, what time is better than now? And, you know, I, I, have a little tidbit. I just remember this back from, uh, when I was in high school that I was struggling to, I was running track and I was trying to get a scholarship and I was struggling to get the best time or like I was really trying to break 49 seconds on the 400 meter. I couldn't do it. And I, I hit 49 one, like five meets Oof. in a row. And then what happened was I got invited to go to the beach with a few friends over spring break. And originally, my dad and I were kind of like, ah, I don't think I should do that. Like it's the middle of track season. I shouldn't take any time off. And eventually I got convinced to take the time off. And I came back three days after that and ran my – I ran a 48.3. Like I ran my ba- – I ran my best time right after taking a break. And sometimes, man, you just get consumed in competition. I I know that's just a small little story from my life, but sometimes you just need a break, man. Sometimes that's like the best solution I think that goes for anybody. And uh, like a lot of people say, you know, BHA, how do I untilt? How do I unwind from like a bad streak of pubs or – you know if it's in real life whatever it's like just take a step back you know just yeah like sometimes it's impossible to be clear-headed in the midst of all the crap so uh that's my little uh you know
2: how to reset i like yeah. it yeah, that's that's uh, definitely a good good thing to say and i mean i guess my 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 little story on that is that well not really a story but i i have a my what the Family I married into, I should say, uh, has a cabin you know, three or four hours up north here in Michigan where I'm from that we like to go up to, especially during the summer, of course, and uh, just hang out up there and, and you unplug from everything. There's actually no Internet access up there and uh, no phone as- access, et cetera. So, you know, that might sound scary to some people. And I understand why, cool, uh, but uh, outside, uh, yeah, no internet. it's it's crazy right now. Um, but uh, it, it is nice to do that sometimes. So I could definitely relate there and that getting that resetting, getting that R&R. Certainly uh, good for anyone out there. So, yeah, no no surprises here. Absolutely, they have every right to do so. Um, so, Vici Gaming, enjoy the rest. I assume they'll be back for cycle four. but Now, I guess that does bring up an interesting point because we haven't seen it yet this season so far. We saw it at the beginning, but will that mean that Vici Gaming will have to play open qualifiers in cycle four? I didn't really look that up or see uh, anything should, about probably,
3: that. Probably. probably. based on the last major minor cycle, isn't it?
2: I think so. I think you're right. So that's, I guess that's the one downside of taking the break in the end, outside of missing out on potential money there. But hey, um, I'm sure they'll be fine. We uh, we also mm, thought yeah. the same for LGD, um, and they weren't so fine.
3: So,
2: <laughs> speaking of that, let's just talk about that now while we're on that topic because you're in China here. Uh, LGD is set to play in the open qualifiers um the roster is going to look a little different though and this this came a little bit of surprise i'm sure to to many out there especially considering we haven't seen them yet this season really uh, with them losing the open qualifiers last cycle but uh i don't think it was necessarily because of that now i have nothing to suggest why i believe that but just my intuition suggests that this maybe was just a move that might have been coming for a while, and they felt like it was time to do it now. Uh, Ame, no longer their carry player. Uh, Ajit stepping in as their carry player instead. So, uh, CDAC, of course, they essentially trading core players right there, as Ame then goes to CDAC himself. But a uh, longtime LGD player. This is a team that's been very consistent these last couple of years. Same roster, uh, not the same. So. What did you think when you heard the the LGD change?
3: Uh, I mean, it's just, you never know what's going on within these teams. That's all I got to say, you know? Sometimes, like, one really bad thing can happen, and you just decide to take a break on one player, or the team decides they're better off without that player. It's just always so hard to look from the outside in and be like, yeah, this is probably what happened. It's just always so random. So many random things can occur, and uh yeah that's just all i gotta say about it it's it always trips me up a bit when i see that kind of caliber of a team even remove one player yeah or if one player decides to step down well whoever decides you know it's always pretty crazy to me
2: especially in the in the china scene they they definitely do things different over there where yeah the teams and how they interact with one another i think is a good way to put it um they are almost i, I want to be careful because they, they are almost a little bit more professional than other regions now uh, this there are plenty of reasons why you could say that's not the case but the point being that when it comes to these you know trading players with one another uh, they do it more officially with our contracts and everything so uh, they treat it more of like that league that uh, some other esports titles would even have out there but it seems so yeah we, we don't know was this more the management decision was this more the players yeah we, we really just don't know it hasn't really come out um, outside of the brief uh, message that they gave which as usual didn't really tell us much When I came Hmm. to this uh, transaction here. A
3: lot said without anything being
2: told. There you go. That's a good way to put it. I will say this about Ajit uh, specifically. First off, I love saying his name. It's just one of those fun names to say. But second off, when I was first getting into the Dota 2 scene, like really starting to, you know, I left Han. I was like, all right, going to start grinding some Dota 2 now. I went to the Boston Major. That uh, was my first event there. Uh, Ajit was actually, uh, I decided to do some research on a lot of the teams and players, just to kind of prep myself and treat myself as if I'm, you know, casting it or whatever. And Ajit stood out as one of the more higher standout players in terms of stats. He, his stats were ridiculous. Now, a lot of it came from online play, but uh, in specifically in the SEA region. But when it came to just farming in general, the guy was just up there, I was far as the top of the gpm and the net worth went and everything so i believe at the time he played for a, they were called warrior gaming unity uh wg unity was the name i believe but point is very uh, very awesome player there stat wise uh so good to see him on a very solid roster of course uh in lgd and i i, I have a high expectations i guess is the ultimate point there especially with a team like lgd let's just say i think they should qualify at least for the closed qualifiers get out of open that's that's a start
3: So yeah, one step at a time.
2: Yeah. Could you imagine? (laughs) Dear God. Yeah. The pressure is definitely on them, but yeah, you you would hope and think that that's not going to be an issue for, uh, for that team. All right. I think that uh, goes over all the regions as far as results and how they've been shaping up so far. Um, I figure that the last thing to do is maybe maybe give our uh, predictions in terms of how we, uh, think, uh, things could uh, shape up but um so let's go ahead and get into our betonline.ag bold predictions of the week. Uh betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code bluewire, all one word for 50% off on a, or a 50% welcome bonus even. Um so yeah, so when it comes to predictions right here, we mentioned obviously we already have some results uh from these uh from these qualifiers but NA, let, let, let's start with that one. I know you bring it up a lot for good reason, and NA fans here. Um, we still have all four teams. It's going to go into tomorrow before we start figuring out who the teams are going to be that qualified. you got EG, Fighting Pandas, Business Associates, uh, a.k.a. Jay Storm, and Chaos. Of those of those four, who do you see qualifying for the major?
3: I'm going to make a bold one here. Listen here. Uh, just be careful. So make sure you're sitting down. I'm going to go with EG oh, to be guess. one of the two teams to qualify uh i know that's a stretch but i really do think they're coming around as a squad and then uh the other one's pretty tough you know chaos uh knows you know spoiler spoiler blah, 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 you know uh, chaos did just win the series so they're the other team in the upper bracket okay. but i do believe that it is kind of a toss-up and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for fighting pandas uh, you know i, I think uh those three teams are very shaky, and I watched that Business Associates Chaos series, and they just did not look that great either team. So uh, mm-hmm. it felt like whatever team was winning ended up losing because they just didn't play clean enough in order to, to win the win the series or win the game itself. Um, so I'm gonna go with Fighting Pandas as the second team.
2: All right. Uh, EG, there's no question there. That's not going to try to debate otherwise. But uh, I'm going to go with Chaos. I'll go with Chaos, not only to be a little bit different, but I think that the, the Biver pickup was a very good one, former Han player, so naturally if um, I'm a fan of his. But uh, he's been a player that's bounced around a lot from CIS region, even a little bit of Europe, and uh, now, of course, in the NA region. Uh, stepping in, MSS going to off lane, but he's done that in the past. It seems like that this is a roster that you, know, you just look at it, and from what they've done recently, at least two um, there. It's hard to see them not qualifying for the major. So uh, EG and chaos for me would be the, uh, those bold predictions there. <laughs> so, so, so bold. Um, yeah, but, still
3: hey, down with all that boldness you got
2: there. <laughs> the the uh, the other two will qualify for the minor anyway, so whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what I One can wish. Here's a bold prediction. Fuck it, Zalado. They're going to qualify for the minor. My boys, Zalado are finally going to do it.
3: They're back, man. Yeah, or they're there. They're, not back,
2: <laughs> they they never there. been. Uh Cut that. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I hope, man. That's they're one of those stories. I. Kind of a sidetrack here, but it's a lot. I've got the chance to cast these guys uh, a fair amount, just being NA qualifying casting coverage throughout the years, and uh, just seeing us. Uh, they're not full Mexican squad now anymore, technically, but still, you know, from South is or Central America there for the most part. Four of their five being Mexican players. It's it's not a, it's not a country, especially that you think you know Dota two, but it would just be something not only for that country but just in general to see a team like that on the big stage. So similar to. Uh, We've been starting to see some UK representations sprinkle in to these teams. Uh, Tanner, of course, the big name there, out of uh, NIP. Saw some more today. So I guess, you know what, let's just transition there to Europe. Uh, we've already mentioned those two teams that have qualified in secret and OG. So that leaves both NIP and aggressive mode. Who you got, BSJ? Let's
3: go aggressive mode. Oof. I'm down for the, the PPD little drama. I love and it. even though I like PPD, I, I enjoy
2: the salt, and I want to see it flow. I love it. PPD versus Lil. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> That's we'd love to have you know webcams of those guys and or like a mic on them even just to hear reactions. But that would be good stuff. Yeah. Um. I I gotta say I I, I honestly am a little surprised to even see. Frankly, I'm surprised to see both these teams here. <laughs> of course, at this point, but uh, really NIP. I, I did not think this team was going to come together right away. And this being the European region, of course, and how difficult it is. We talked about that, but, uh, I, I did watch their game against liquid earlier today, especially, and they, they, they looked good. They stomped liquid, frankly, they deserved that best of one tiebreaker there. Um, one game, but apparently also Tanner Tanner has been playing well. His hero pool may be a little limited from what I'm understanding, but when he gets a shadow fiend, uh, and there's another one that blanking right now on, especially, but, um, he d- he does very well. So, uh, and to Hawk, I've always been sold on, especially in the Gambit days. So I guess in there, maybe it's not as surprising, but um, they, they came together a little more quick than I than I expected. So I'm gonna go with NIP once again to be a little different right there. Long wind, winded, long winded way of saying that. So I gotta say I'm I'm pissed that Liquid didn't to bias bias point here, but I'm going to LA. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to be going uh, as a fan and everything. I was really hoping they would qualify, man. Okay. It was bad, man. They, can, they can go through the minor, I guess. Certainly yeah, there possible. you go. <laughs> all they have to do is beat Nigma, Alliance, and whoever else now in the minor qualifiers to even get to the minor. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's going to be tough.
3: That's what we call an oof.
2: Yeah, that's quite the oof. Uh, all right, so other regions... That's uh, not as long-winded, I suppose. But Southeast Asia, Adroit versus IO Dota 2.
3: I haven't gotten to watch Adroit at all, but I did watch IO and they didn't look all that great to me, so I'll go with Adroit.
2: Okay. Yeah, Adroit's, uh, of course, a major team themselves. They were at the last major, I believe it was, yeah. I believe it was, yeah. Uh, Second major there, so uh, wouldn't be the most surprising ever. Um, I, I want to say, I, but man, I can't, man. With the internet issues, mental state, you gotta wonder. IO Dota two, at least the roster does feel good, so I'll go with them. Once again, going to be different there, but interesting to hear that uh, you didn't. We weren't the most impressed by them, though, when it when it came to their play. So we'll see how that goes. Um, CIS, we got. We already mentioned, uh, oh, yeah, so it's only going to be two teams, but you got Hellraiser, Navi, Virtus Pro, and Cyber Legacy. Two of those four. What do you got?
3: Uh, I'm gonna go Navi and you know, VP. Let's go, VP. You got this.
2: VP's coming back. All right, Navi, VP. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh you know I'm gonna I'm actually gonna go Hellraisers at least because again this is CIS and different teams seems like they qualify every time. So I'm gonna go Hellraisers for sure. Uh and I'll just play it easy. I'll go Navi as well. Um you know, they did look good at the last cycle major at least earlier on, so oh, I'm confident to go with them. So yeah, Hellraiser, Navi there. And then that takes us into what, South America, I guess would be the last one. So South America. Uh, I'm going to say Beast Ghost, uh, Beast Ghost and Thunder Predator going back.
3: Uh, I can't really disagree with that
2: one. All right. We'll see again. They're still on that tiebreaker. Thank God it's finally – God, if they actually would have got – I really uh, – because the tiebreaker rules eventually gets to a point where it suggests that they're supposed to do a coin flip. So I'm, I was kind of wondering, like, would it actually get to that point with them playing all these tiebreakers? But apparently not. They got they got through three, and that, that'll be it. Okay, well, I think that does it for our bold predictions. So there you go, uh, there you have it, the BetOnline.ag bold predictions of the week. Uh, remember to use promo code Blue Wire, all one word, for your fifty percent welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. But uh, BSJ, I think we are I think we're good. Uh, good for this week. Done for the night. Uh, anything else to add?
3: As always, no, and I am actually going to not add anything.
2: Fair enough. Hit that follow button, guys. We do appreciate it. Sub if you would like as well. It does help support all these Umbrella Podcast here under a Prediction. Uh, So really appreciate it But thank you guys as always uh, for tuning in Now uh, one other quick announcement Uh, We are going to be doing a time change When it comes to our podcast show So we uh, ideally are going to keep things on Monday Again this week a little different But it is going to be Monday still But we're going to move it to 7pm Eastern So a couple hours later From when we have been doing it in the past So a little bit of a time change there Hopefully it doesn't affect you guys too much But as always you can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, etc You you know where to go for our Podcast but until next time Have a good night